This is Sid Roth saying, Shalom Mishpacha. Mishpacha is a Hebrew word. It means family. And we're the Mishpacha, the family with a Jewish heart. Welcome to today's edition of Messianic Vision and another appointment for you to be mentored to fulfill your destiny with one of our It's Supernatural guests. And now, here's your host for this program, It's Supernatural television producer, Ryan Bruss. Thank you, Sid. Today on Messianic Vision, our guest is Candace Smitherman. And Candace, it's been a joy to read your book and listen to your CD set. And we're just really thankful that you're here with us and talking about releasing heaven. Yes, I am so excited to be here, Ryan. Thank you so much for you and Sid and Jackie and everyone for inviting me to be on the show. It's going to be wonderful. Yes, ma'am. Okay, now you were born again at a young age, and uh, you you spent a few years away from God. The backslidden uh, is part of your testimony. But then there was an event that happened when you were 24 years old that really changed everything for the rest of your life. What happened at 24? Yes, I had a supernatural encounter with God. Um, my husband, I had been barely married a year, not even a year, and he had gone on a six-month deployment and left me in Hawaii. I was 6,000 miles away from home. So my family was from Virginia. And um, I started to experience an incredible amount of depression. I had always had a lot of depression and anxiety as a child. My father passed away when I was nine years old. And, um, and I was just, I carried a lot of anger toward God about that. But yet I didn't know I was angry with God. Um, I just manifested behaviors. I was rebellious. I had things in my life that, um, you know, were not right. I kind of lived two lives. I was kind of your cheerleader, straight A person on one side. And then the other side, um, I was, uh, you know, not, not obeying my mother, going, going around behind her back, smoking, drinking, doing things like this as a teenager. And so I married my husband. He was um, an ensign in the Navy. And he leaves and he goes on this deployment. And um, all of a sudden, this excessive depression, anxiety, fear hits my life. And um, people at my job start ministering to me about Jesus. And I said, listen, I know about Jesus, you know, and he doesn't care about what I'm going through because he's all concerned about big wars and big issues. And I'm just little old me. And they said to me, you know what? You don't know him. You don't know him. And I said, well, I, you know, I received him when I, uh, when I was a child, and I, you know, I served in the church as a child, but, but you know, I, I don't feel like you know, he loves me and cares for me. Well, that very same night, um, I, I get a call from my husband. He says, I need you to go to this funeral because a man in my squadron has died. And I was like, I'm not going to a funeral. I haven't been to a funeral since my father passed away. And he says, you have to go to support me, support the Navy, support this family who is grieving the loss of uh, their husband and their father. And I said, okay, I'll go. But before I went to bed that night, um, in all my grief and, and fear and depression, everything just surrounding my life and not knowing how I was going to uh, get out of this, I, I prayed this kind of pathetic prayer to God. And I want to say it was a pathetic prayer because it didn't seem like it had even any power behind it. But I said, God, if you're there and you can hear me, I can't get myself out of this one. And my prayer really wasn't so much about I can't get myself out of this going to this funeral. It's I can't get myself out of this wasted life that I have right now, all of this pain that I'm dealing with. And I went to sleep 
And I woke up the next morning looking for my pain. I was looking for my anxiety, my depression. Um, people who have a lot of anxiety and depression, it doesn't go away. They still wake up the next morning and they have it. It's, it's looming over them. And so I was, I was in an expectation of that. But when I woke up, I had great joy. I actually started like touching my stomach and I was like, am I really here? Is it really me? And I was like, I feel like me again. I have joy. So I got dressed, went to the funeral. And uh, my friends that were there, my Christian friends said, my God, what happened to you? I said, I don't know. The last thing I said to the Lord was, if you can hear me, I can't get myself out of this one. And I am so happy right now. And I'm at someone's funeral. And I knew I had been touched by God in, in a huge way. Well, I had been diagnosed with Crohn's disease since the death of my father when I was nine years old. My father was incredibly sick. And uh, Crohn's disease is an incurable disease. Well, uh, that same year, I went back to the doctor and um, to, to be checked for a checkup on the Crohn's disease, seeing how things were going. And they said, you have no more Crohn's disease. Wow. We have tested you, and you are completely healed. And there is, I mean, that is miraculous in and of itself because it's, it's supposedly an incurable disease. Oh, yeah. Disease. So he yeah, so I have no depression, no anxiety, no fear, no Crohn's disease. And then I said, God, I don't ever want this depression, anxiety, and fear to come back again. And, you know, I knew the only way to do that was to learn to get in the Word of God. So I then began to get into the Word of God, memorized every scripture I could on fear, anxiety, and depression, anytime I would feel anything come back into my life. And at that time, I didn't even really understand about demonic forces but or strongholds even, but, but I do now. But any of those forces that would come then, I would just begin to speak the word, and they would flee, and I would enter that state of peace. And so my life was radically transformed. That was my first touch from heaven. And from that point forward, um, I fell in love with Jesus, and I, be, and I began to just t- – I totally turned my entire life over to him. My husband was very shocked by all the change that happened in my life, and then later – he, uh, because of the change in me, he began to seek the Lord as well. And now we both pastor churches and are in full <laughs> And it's an awesome uh, what God has done with you both and, and where the Lord has brought you from. And now you have seen people come out of wheelchairs, uh, run around the sanctuary after we're healed and back and legs healed and arthritis and depression. And the Lord's really given you uh, healing ministry as well. And not only do you uh, pastor and and see people get healed and touched by God, but you're a seer, and uh, there's many things that we could talk about that, but I want you to uh, please tell the people at home about this glory angel. Yes, yes. I have three angels that follow me uh, in ministry. They were assigned to me before God started to launch me into other nations. So, um, I had uh, encounters with God where he revealed to me um, through dreams and through other prophets that God had assigned angels to me. And one of those is a glory angel. And so when I um, go to minister in any location, um, the glory angel is always there and will literally just bring forth glory oil into uh, the place. And it's not so much that people are manifesting oil, and I know that some uh, ministers of the gospel have that specific gifting. It's not that I have necessarily noticed that, but people just become so um, uh, in love with God. They fall so much into the glory of the Lord, and then healings and miracles began to manifest as a result of this angel being there. Now, the other angels are also in cooperation, and they do miraculous things, too. Um, fire angels and um, 
you know, uh, provision angels, healing angels, these kinds of angels are also there as well. But the glory angel, um, he is always present. And in his presence there, um, I've seen and invited people uh, to come up um, and actually stand in certain locations within the sanctuary, and they will just begin to just fall, uh, literally fall out in the spirit, feel God's presence intently, break out in laughter. And there's literally pockets that this takes place. It, it may not happen in the whole sanctuary at the same time, but it happens in pockets. And I can recognize, and I say, come up here and stand right here. And then, and then boom, the glory angel is there. And they just, they, they feel his presence intently and begin to weep and, and manifest. I love that. And Candace, I want to shift directions a little bit. Your whole book is about releasing heaven, which, which I love that whole principle, because I am an advocate that if you're a believer everywhere you go, go. There goes God. And uh, you talk about in your book, uh, Eternity on Earth, and that we have to have a, a understanding and awakening within us that that we carry eternity uh, everywhere you go. Talk about that for a moment and how we're portals waiting, in a sense, for heaven to manifest. Yes. You know, it's very, very important to have a mind shift when you become born again. And there's not really any emphasis on this because we still always see ourselves because of our soul, our our mind, our will, and our emotions need to be transformed into the likeness of Christ. Our minds keep being stuck in the fact that we are these uh, earthly people. Well, but what's happened to you when you become born again is you have a brand new spirit that's put on the inside of you. You were unregenerate or you had a dead spirit, and now you're regenerate. You have a live spirit. So you are brand new and alive on the inside of you, and that new life is an eternal life. So so you are eternity in action from the moment you receive Jesus as your Lord and Savior. In other words, you will never die. The you on the inside, your spirit and your soul will never die. Yes, the body, the body goes and returns to the dust, but the spirit and the soul don't. And so so at that moment, you become a, a new citizen. You are now a citizen of heaven. And so you've now been given all the authorities and rights of a citizen of heaven. You have been given the inheritance of Jesus Christ himself passed down to you. And so you need to learn to train yourself to think eternal in everything. And so when we begin to see ourselves as eternal people and not temporal, just because you live in an earth suit, which is temporal, doesn't make you a temporal person. The real person on the inside is the person that is born again, because that's the person that lives forever, your spirit and your soul is transforming to understand that whole process. And so so we, um, as the people of God, as the church of God, need to begin to see ourselves that way so that we, everywhere we go, we start to uh, respond like we are eternity in action for those environments. And on, and on that note, Candace, you talk about how uh, when you get to that place, you can get to a place where you start with authority, starting to declare and decree the truth of what God wants to do in a certain situation. And you you say that begins to bring immediate change at your house, your marriage, your workplace, and everywhere you go. Yes, this is for everybody. This is, this is not for your spiritual giants. We are all born again, eternal creatures from the moment we, we, we receive Jesus. We just have to train ourselves to think that way. And so, you know, if you're a mother at home with your kids, you are eternity in action at that point. And you can call heaven down 
right into your family because you are really more eternal than you are temporal. And we have to start changing our thinking that way. That's how we're going to see heaven impact our environment. Well, what, what do we have to do to begin to set ourselves up to be that portal for God to flow through us? Let's just talk about home, let alone everywhere you work or church or and forget all that. Within the confines of your home, how do you begin to manifest this presence and have these open heaven encounters when you're in the midst? Because you you teach that you had to learn this yourself when you have uh, you know kids pulling on you, dishes to do, lawns to be mowed, bills to pay, cars to work on. How do you become this eternity in action when 99.9% of the population is very busy with life? That's, that's such a good question. And it's so right. We are busy with life. And, and the doing, even the, the doing of, of uh, work and, and, and ministry, you know, ministry in our home, ministry outside. But the fact of the matter is, it's God who does the work in and through us. So we need to be accessing that portal of eternity, being with Christ and being in union with Him. People that are in union with Him are fellowshipping with Him consistently while things are coming about in and around them, okay? In other words, you're called to change your environments, not have your environments change you. So first, you must position yourself so that you know and walk in the confidence that not only has God changed you, but He wants to do the work in and through you. And so um, we take our souls, and just as Paul said, you know, be transformed by the renewing of your mind, right? So you need to be practicing disciplines that are going to help train your mind. Most people have have uh, lack mindsets. We're all born into lack mindsets. Okay, so that's kind of everyone is born into a lack mindset. But people have lazy mindsets as a result of that, and we let our thoughts go in all kinds of different directions. We haven't trained ourselves to be positioned for God to be able to speak to us on a daily basis and for us to be able to respond to what He wants to do in and around us. You see, God wants to change everything in and around your life that is out of order and not in alignment with the assignment that He's given you. And But in order for us to do that, we have to surrender ourselves. And so you have to practice surrendering. And that means uh, the spiritual disciplines, praying, um, reading uh, the Word of God, fasting, um, coming into corporate worship, worshiping silently um, at home, but constantly beginning to recognize the difference between the temporal and the eternal, the difference between the earth suit and the earth realm and the spiritual aspects. There really is a division there. But when we begin to to sense that and understand that and have our spiritual senses enlightened, our, our ears, our spiritual ears, and, and our spiritual eyes and, and uh, smell and taste and touch, when those things begin to be highlighted, that's really who you are. And I think this is what needs to change with people is you're really spiritual first and your body second. And so um, when when you come to that place, you'll start to surrender more and more every day. And in your workplace, you'll start to begin to say, listen, God is the, is the author and perfecter of my faith. He's the author and perfecter of this moment. I'm going to surrender to him right now, and I'm going to watch him change my boss's heart. I'm going to watch him produce this in and through me. I'm going to watch him help me love those 
to um, all my enemies. I want to watch him uh, produce in and through me um, a love and a compassion and a mercy where I don't have that. And God will do that when we learn to surrender ourselves. And so um, the surrendering process takes a lot um, of uh, dedication and commitment. And I know that's kind of a tough word because people don't want to be disciplined and they don't want to commit to that process. But when you do, you'll begin to start producing fruit, the fruit that you cry out for. God, give me more love, joy, peace, patience, goodness. I mean, uh, gentleness, faithfulness, self-control. Give me all of that, Father. And he will begin to start doing that because you're positioning yourself to surrender yourself. And Candace, on that very note, you have a story in your book where uh, there was a time where all your kids uh, were under five years old and in diapers, and uh, you're living in Washington, and uh, your husband had frequent uh, deployments uh, from being in the military. But in the midst of all that, and that makes that makes this story so relatable because so many, especially, of course, uh, moms can relate to that side of it, that, that you had to learn to rest in the midst of that and have heavenly encounters in the midst of that. Talk about that. How, how did you do that? What was the secret of all this chaos around you and, you know, fighting some uh, stuff in your own life and, and resting in God? You know, the secret was releasing to God everything that was stressful, distressing, overwhelming, handing that to him and realizing it was not his will for my life that I should carry on, that he died, buried, and resurrected for me to live the resurrected life. And although my environment was trying to dictate to me how to respond, if I stayed close with him and, and began to, uh, to keep my eyes on him, literally, I kept my spiritual eyes on him. So I can remember times where <laughs> I'd be sitting like in my hallway. There was this little nook in my hallway. I can still see myself sitting there. And I got three kids under five years old, and they're crawling all over me, literally, you know, like mom is the play toy type of thing. I'm lifting my hands to heaven. I am praying in tongues. And I am feeling the power in the presence of God overcome me, although my circumstance looks completely chaotic with my children just literally out of control. But I'm resting there. And the more I rested with God, the more I realized this was my inheritance. And he says that in his word, that we are called to rest in him, but we have to position ourselves by faith. A lot of what I'm speaking today is that you have to believe that God wants this for you, that is part of his will and desire for you to be that powerful in that place of rest. And he's made all provision for us to be that way. You know, it's 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 the earth realm and it's the satanical realm, the second heaven, that always wants to keep us working, working, taskmaster, more, more, more. That's not our Father. Our Father will produce so much more through us when we learn to rest in him than his power does it, and his power is released. And that's how he's glorified. He's glorified when he's released into an environment. When we stop trying to do it all, in the flesh and make it happen. So good, Candace. And you have a brand new book I want you to talk about for a moment, Releasing Heaven, full of nuggets uh, of everything that you've been sharing right now. But talk to the people at home. What What is Releasing Heaven, this book, going to do for them at home? Yes, this book is really going to help them understand their identity in Christ at a level that will build their faith 
to be able to step out and see God do the supernatural. See, we cry out. The Church of, of Christ cries out, Lord, let me see more miracles. Let me see more healings. Let me see more of these, these things happen. And that is his will. He wants that to happen. But why? He, he doesn't want that to happen so that we're wowed. He wants that to happen so that he becomes evident to those that don't believe him or those that need to see more of who he is so that their faith will go to next levels. And so as change agents of the of the, of the Lord, um, I've given specific um, uh, testimonies, um, specific strategies, things that we can put into place to build our faith so that we're able to meet God in that place of faith and then watch him come and change our environment. You are not a victim to what is going around you. I do not care how difficult the environment is that you're that you are living in. God has positioned you to be someone who can call down the vats of heaven and release what is necessary right in that moment to take care of your issue and whatever other issues are around you. He is not a God that withholds anything, but he pours forth so much. We just have to believe that about him. And I think that's that's what the biggest issue is, is that the enemy has us uh, look at our environment and believe that that is good as it's going to get. And that's a lie. It's not. What God has planned for us is so much better. But you have to get in that place of sitting with him, reading his words, studying, uh, praying, fasting, doing the spiritual disciplines till you raise your own faith to believe that to be true about God and that he's going to come and change your environment. So in the book, I give specifics on how to do this. And you will begin to start to see miracles happen in your life as a result of shifting your thinking, positioning yourself uh, where God has seated you in the heavenlies with him. You learn to live there, and then and then you're releasing heaven from the very seat that God has already given you. And I teach you how to do that. Boy, and I can, I can feel when you talk uh, that you really own in your spirit what you wrote about, but I appreciate that you are really practicing what you preach. And, and Candace, you also did an exclusive three-CD set for us, Angels on Assignment, and in that CD set, you talk a lot about how God is using his angels to work with us and to fulfill all that's on our lives. And, you know, what what, what are the people going to take away from this CD set? You know, they're really going to learn that even if you don't see angels, like if you can't actually, if you don't have a seer anointing, you can't actually see them, you can learn to sense them being there by faith. See, there's other spiritual senses that we have, not just our sight, but you've got your touch, you know, you have your taste, you know, there's other aspects that God has given you naturally and spiritually. And so this will increase your faith to be able to uh, command the Word of God, which the angels wait as messengers to respond to. And so I want to teach you how to dispatch these these angels. They're, they're on assignment, how to dispatch them, and how to cooperate with them in faith. You can believe all of this in faith because it's true. We, we all have angels that are assigned to us, and they're like waiters. They are literally like a waiter that is waiting um, to serve you at a table. They wait for you to speak the word that they might come and respond to that word. And so I want to teach you some of that in this uh, CD set. So good. Okay, Candice, I, I want you to share with the people at home the the uh, powerful heavenly encounter that you had um, when, when it led you to that church meeting. Oh, yes. Oh, my goodness. Yes, I was caught, I literally caught up to heaven. And it was uh, it was it was a supernatural time. I was praying and fasting for th- for three days. My husband again was gone, 
And um, my husband actually, um, he had already been called to ministry, and you know, he really wanted to plan to plan a church. And I had had a lot of uh, feelings about being a church planter because I was a Bible teacher. I was already doing radio and television ministry. I was, you know, going around to various places, and I that really wasn't necessarily um, what my heart's desire. You know, I really needed to hear from God if that was actually going to happen. And so, long story short, he he had been asking me to do this for quite some time. He goes away for three days, and I um, enter into uh, a worship time uh, with the Lord, a private worship time. My children are at school um, during my fast. And so I put on my worship music, began to start worshiping the Lord, and all of a sudden I was caught up to this heavenly place. I didn't really see a lot while I was there. There's there's a little bit of color, um, not even that much, because it wasn't so much what I was seeing as what I was experiencing. As I was caught up to this place, I had no consciousness of myself whatsoever, only consciousness of Jesus. I was literally positioned in in proximity with him to such a point that I had no self-consciousness. One of the things that happened to Adam and Eve when um, they sinned in the garden is they became very conscious of themselves. And we as humans are very conscious of, of, uh, of everything about us. I lost all consciousness of myself and only became conscious of him. I began to rest in this place with him, and I started to talk with him. And I asked him if I could stay here with him. And I, I even said to him specifically, you know, I, I'm married, and I love my husband, and I love my three children, but I don't want to go back. And he said, you have to go back because I need you to tell people what you experienced. And I was like, oh, my gosh. So then I came back into my body because I woke up from from being in this place. Like I wasn't like I was asleep, but it was like I woke up in consciousness where I could get again sense myself. And I and I was like, oh, oh my gosh, what, what what just happened to me? And I was I was weeping. I was just weeping, and I was also feeling myself again, which I had let go of in that special place with the Lord. So I, I got up and started to get myself ready because my kids were going to come home from school. They came home. My oldest daughter says to me, "Mom, what happened to you?" Because I just you know I, I looked different, and I I said you know I don't want to talk about it. She goes, "Something happened with God," and I said, "Let's let's get ready. We need to go to church tonight. It's youth night. I need to take you there." Made them dinner, got ready. We drove to the church. We get there. My, um, I was, I mean, I looked terrible. You know, I didn't have any makeup on, anything. My intention was to sit in the back of the church and do nothing but receive just from the Holy Spirit, whatever it was that, that He wanted to speak to me. I just needed to rest. And um, we, I get there, and the, the pastor comes up to me, and he says, um, Alex told me that um, you had an experience. Do you want to tell me about it? And I said, no, not really. I don't want to talk about it. He goes, I think you need to share this with the congregation. And I was like, oh, no, no. So um, he opens up the service, calls me to come up. Before, I mean, I hardly got out a couple of words, and the people in the congregation began to start bawling. And they, I mean, you know, they're crying, you know, they, they began to weep. They began to start to feel the presence of God. The presence of God just dropped on the place. And the more I began to communicate what happened to me, the greater uh, they were experiencing as well as myself. And, and so I knew things had shifted. The glory of God had come into this room all because of uh, this experience, you know, that had come upon my life. So the next day, when I was home, the next day, the Lord spoke to me and he said to me three times, you know, do you love me? Will you feed my sheep? He said this three times to me. I knew then that he was calling me to pastor with my husband. 
And uh, I said, of course, Lord, I will pastor with my husband. And um, my husband comes home, and I tell him uh, that I'll pastor with him. And he says, oh, my gosh, what happened to you? (laughs) Well, the Lord sent me to heaven, and um, he's now asking me to pastor. And um, and I kind of say, Lord, that's not fair because you took me to heaven and then you gave me an assignment. But here's the deal. That's exactly how it works. Just as Moses had encounters with God, they always produced a transformation. Yes. Whenever you are faced with the glory of God, a transformation happens in your life and you begin to move into the next element that God is calling you to. Same thing was true for me. And believe me, I had to do a lot of studying. I studied Exodus chapter 3 and uh, Exodus 33, you know, really studying intently about what what happens when the glory of God comes in and what kind of change do we need to see. Same thing happens now. When the glory of God enters, it's going to be changed in and through your life, and then you're going to begin to step into the next thing that God has for you. Yeah, I'm a firm believer, Candice, that when, when we have those kind of encounters, that it's meant to change us from the inside out. And, uh, you know, you, you meet some people, oh, yeah, I've been to heaven. I talked to Jesus face to face and we were there for three hours. But but they're always so mean all the time. These people It's like it's it's meant to change you. You're supposed to be more like Jesus when you have those encounters. And I can hear it uh, as you talk. And you actually had a um, I believe several visions about the royal banquet table in heaven. Talk about that. Yes. And actually, the Lord has blessed me greatly because I can go there any time that I want to, literally. Any time. It's the most amazing thing. But yes, the royal banquet table is there. It's an incredibly long table. I haven't even really been—I've never really seen the end of it. It is that long. Um, But um, in these uh, visions— that I had actually before I studied the word. So it's like I'm seeing it and then I'm actually studying, you know, and, and Isaiah chapter 25 verse six actually talks about the banquet table and him preparing this feast uh, and what's at the table, but it is filled with gold and Jesus sits at this table and um, he, he loves his people so much. He's laughing. He's enjoying who we are. And you're not, you don't have a seat because of what you did. You have a seat because of what he did. And and you can come and you can you can sit with him like you don't even want to leave the table. And um, there's wine there, you know, which uh, the wine is 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 amazing, but it also represents opportunity. And then and then there's bread there, you know, he's the bread of life, but it also represents you know revelation. Then you have all your fruits, you know, and your meats, you know, everything is there available to you. But it's not even so much about the abundancy that's on the table. It's about the fact that as G- as you're with Jesus, he laughs, he talks, and this glory just comes from him and it just changes you it just it just moves through you it gives you this confidence to be able to to live out who you're called to be and um there's no condemnation there's no guilt there's no fear there's no shame all of that is left behind and um i have been in churches where i have actually done these faith activations and led people to the royal table and it is amazing to see the power of god come in people have been healed just by having the opportunity to go to that place with him in their heart and mind um just by by uh by my talking to them about walking him through those processes and um and and so we have not only seen these healings happen but i've also had people say i have found out something about myself i could not sit at the table with him what does this mean? And that also reveals other things about 
how we may have things in our heart, not not anything that, that, that is put there because of God, but just our own insecurities or our weaknesses or even anger or upset, things like that that we might have gets revealed when God invites us to come to the table and we make a decision about whether or not we can sit there with him. See, you have you have a seat. You have your name on the seat and a name on a plate, and you are invited to be there not because of what you did, but because of what he did. It's a free gift, and it's part of your inheritance. We are the royal children of God, chosen, set aside, a royal priesthood, and he has truly given us everything. But um, I believe, I know it for a fact, God wants his people to live that way. And we talk about releasing heaven. You have to take your seat and you have to stay there and do not allow a distraction to come and get you up off your seat. Stay in that place. That's where the miracles come from. That's where the supernatural change will take place in the natural environment. When you hold your seat right there at the table. I've also seen the vats of heaven. We can get what we need in those vats. That's from Hosea chapter 2. Again, it wasn't like I was real, real, uh, under, really understood Hosea chapter 2, but when God showed me the vats, I was like, oh my gosh, that's in Hosea chapter 2. And then um, I began to start seeing things in Scripture that he had already shown me in these pictures and in these experiences. But I just want to encourage people today. You have been given a seat in heaven, and it is available to you right now because every spiritual blessing was given to you, and the Word says that you're seated in heavenly places with Him. If you'll take your seat and you begin to start um, moving and operating from that place, heavenly encounters are going to happen in the earth environment because you're going to go there in your spirit and your soul, and then God's going to begin to change your natural environment. And Candace, you teach that when you are learning to receive from heaven— that you are going to help to release others from captivity. That's right. That's right. See, God never gives us something that is self-consumptive. He, he doesn't want to be pouring things out into people so that they become self-consumed. You're to be a giver yourself. And so as he begins to teach you how to stay in that place, how to understand the vats of heaven, which I teach about in the book, then you're going to be called to start to release those for people that don't know how to release themselves. This is how we pray for our families, our friends, our workplaces, our church. We begin to release the grain of heaven, which is revelation. We begin to release the wine, which is opportunity. We begin to release the oil, which is the anointing. We begin to release gold from heaven, which is literally the, our provision. There's also silver there, wool, flax. Um, there's a, a, a variety of things that are there. And we actually have access. Why? Because you're seated in heavenly places with him. So all of that is accessible to you in the here and now. So this is a whole thing. You're, you're not saved, healed, and delivered because you're going to have a death one day. You're saved, healed, and delivered so that you can start living your life for eternity. It is a mind shift. We can operate in the earth realms just like we were in heaven today. Now, Candace, we have a few more minutes. I, I want to talk. There's so much to talk about with you and uh, the angelic realm and all that God has shown you. But I, I do want to talk about one thing uh, before we have you pray for people. Uh, when we talk about angels on assignment, I was really intrigued about this story about the angels that were in France when you were there. Yes, yes. Now, this just recently happened to me. Um, so it's not recorded in the book because the book is already written. But but this is where um, I was. I actually, the Lord immediately kind of sent me to France. Um, I had been uh, invited to come and minister. And um, when I got there, just a beautiful place, beautiful people. Uh, it was It was truly an amazing trip. And um, and while I was there, um, 
the Holy Spirit um, really just began to fall on the meeting. And um, as he was there, obviously the angels were there and present, and healings began. But uh, the fire angels were very, very present on this particular trip. And the people really wanted to learn about angelic activity. I spent one whole um, hour just having them ask me questions about angelic activity. But, um, and and some, a lot of it was generated because prior to that meeting, the, um, the power of God was so intense, and the fire angels were there, and people were receiving these healings. And so I invited people that wanted to learn um, about fire angels to come up to the front. And I had them put out their hands, and um, I began to speak for the fire of God to come upon their life. And their hands began to heat up. Various parts of their body began to heat up. Not only were they receiving healing, but they actually began to receive fire uh, in their hands, where they then uh, received uh, by faith this amazing desire to want to lay hands on others. So then I called up another group of people, and I say, if you want to be healed in the house today, come up if you haven't already received your healing, because these people here are going to lay hands on you because their fire angels are here, and they are going to assist. All of them together are going to bring healing to you. And so that's what happened. A whole other a row of people came up, and those whose hands were on fire because of the angelic activity laid their hands on others, and they were healed in that moment. But that whole group began to learn how to be in cooperation with fire angels for healing. In other words, God had sent his angels on assignment to bring healing, and the manifestation was fire, fire in their hands and fire in other parts of their body. And then by faith, they believed this to be true, that they could lay hands on others and that healing would come. And sure enough, that was in operation because the, the whole other group of people that came forward, they began to experience that as well. And the group that laid hands on that had that manifestation was just amazed. They were like, I have never experienced anything like this in my life. And this is, you know, truly the glory of God, truly angelic intervention. And so it was amazing. It was really awesome to see God taking a brand fresh new group of people that, that had never even experienced anything like this before and actually show them uh, the experience of fire angels, but also laying hands on others for healing. And Candace, I feel that fire even now. What, whatever is on your heart to pray for the people at home, just be released to do that right now. Yes, I will. Father, I thank you so much, Lord. And Father, we just ask for supernatural encounters with you, Father, because they give us an, an assignment to go out and make a difference. And so I pray for everyone that is listening to this message, no matter what is going on in their life, no matter what circumstance or situation that may be weighing on them, no matter what assignment that you've given them that seems too great for them to handle, I thank you, Father, that you've seated them with you in heavenly places. They have a seat at the royal table. They are there, and this precious banquet is before them, and the great greatest beauty of all is you seated at the, the head of the table and you love them so much and you have so much great joy and glory that is flowing from you to them, Father, and you've empowered them to be your agents of change in the earth, Father. I ask you to give them supernatural revelation that they are eternity in action, that they never have to get up from their seat at the royal table, that everything they need is before them all the time. All they have to do is call out and ask for it and you will be there bringing 
second and will be released from heaven. The angels will come and meet your command, Father, and change will be made. I ask you to give an increase of faith to each and every person that is listening, that their faith would go to such high levels that they would actively begin to participate with you to make the change on the earth, to cry out for heavenly encounters, to come and make the change. And Father, I praise you and I thank you, Lord. We ask for supernatural impartation. Open up their eyes that they might see, hear, smell, taste, and touch the heavenly realms in such a way that it becomes a reality for them, Lord, and they begin to operate in the earth realms like this. We praise you and we thank you for what you have done, Father. Everything that we have comes in and through your sacrifice and most of all, your resurrection, because your resurrection is where the power lies and you resurrected us with you so that you could seat us with you. We accept that, Father, and we want to operate in it. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. And you've been listening to Messianic Vision with our guest, Candace Smitherman. And now here's Sid to tell you how you can get this special resource. Candace Smitherman teaches that every believer is a portal of God and a supernatural gateway to heavenly encounters, not just for yourself, but for everyone around you in her brand new book, Releasing Heaven. Additionally, Candace wants to teach you how to activate the angelic in your life through her exclusive two CD set, Angels on Assignment. As a bonus, you'll receive Candace's exclusive CD, Living in Heaven on Earth, where she teaches you how to literally encounter heaven on earth. Call now for Candace Smitherman's brand new book, Releasing Heaven, her exclusive two CD set, Angels on Assignment, an exclusive bonus CD, Living in Heaven on Earth. To order, call 1-800-447-2697. Once again, that's 1-800-447-2697. Or go to our website at sidroth.org. That's S-I-D-R-O-T-H dot O-R-G for an investment of 29 U.S. dollars. Candace Smithman, brand new book, Releasing Heaven, her exclusive two CD set, Angels on Assignment, an exclusive bonus CD, Living in Heaven on Earth. Offer number 9679 for an investment of 29 U.S. dollars. Be sure to ask for offer number 9679. Once again, that's offer number 9679. 